0: We have to get ourselves in a position to be led by the Holy Spirit in us. This morning we're going to minister and speak of the anointing of God I'm going to uh, follow the Holy Spirit in, in the direction that he gave me uh, out of the clear blue sky the Spirit of God just I wasn't even thinking of these things and just come up out of my spirit so we're lay a little foundation so we said some of this on Tuesday evening, but just in case you weren't here, it doesn't hurt to repeat some things. What we think, or the way we've been taught, often hinders us from moving into the realm of the spirit. Now we, aren't, we understand there's, we call them this, for lack of a better term, the realm of the spirit, the realm of the natural. And we're made of, we have three parts to our existence. We're spirit, soul, and body. Uh, The body part is the natural part. And we have to convert the soulish part to think spiritual. Then we have our spirits, which have been converted already at the redemption. And so some of the things that we've learned and what we've been taught in our past often hinders us from being able to move into the realm of the spirit it also hinders us from uh, engaging in other tongues because you know things that we've been taught we haven't fully understood the uh, the importance what takes place how it affects what we can what what's affected by praying in other tongues So let's go to um, 1 Corinthians 14, 14. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. It's real simple. It's a spiritual thing. It isn't a mental thing. Or we might say our minds are unfruitful. It would be the same thing. Our minds want to get involved in everything. This is one thing that is out side of the mental realm. It is the realm of the spirit. Unless God gives an interpretation, it's all spiritual and it's for our benefit. So what happens to our minds or what happens when our mind tries to talk us out of praying or speaking in tongues? Because it's beyond the mind's ability to comprehend where, here is where, that we can get in some difficulty and some trouble. Instead of agreeing with what God's Word says, we pass judgment on some things without giving God's Word a second look. Because of how the Holy Spirit affects our lives, we have to learn to yield to Him from our inside out. God wants to bless the body of Christ. You understand this? God wants to bless the body of Christ. He's not a withholding God. He's not holding out on us. He doesn't punish us. Amen. Come on, see this. Amen. This is part of what we've been taught that we have to unlearn. We've we've been taught somewhere in our past, you know, that God will get you for that, and and these every time something comes up uh, that you're gonna. Uh, Uh, violate God's word and he's going to get even with you and he's going to withhold blessings from you and he's going to hold back on you and that's none of this is true these things do happen that's the point but it's not God doing it okay that's we blame God for things that God's not doing God doesn't uh, judge us he doesn't hold back on us he doesn't punish us We're never going to be punished, not by God because Jesus took our punishment and there's no double jeopardy with God's uh, government either, okay? We have to start agreeing and believing with what the Word of God says about these situations, side with God instead of siding against God. When When we start siding against God, we start taking another approach than what the Word of God says. Because of how the Holy Spirit affects our lives, we have to learn to yield to Him from our inside out. God wants to bless the body of Christ. Now, because of the legal side of the earth lease, now I'm not going to ever get away from this. This is a revelation that needs to be taught to everybody. There's a lease upon this earth. It's scriptural. We've read it to you. It's it's in effect. And it affects it affects God to the degree that we have to learn we we have to be taught and understand and learn the functionality of God within the confines of the least. See, there are things that we would like to see God do that God's not going to do because of the least. But here's what we need to understand. There are things that God does legally within the least that we don't understand either. Because we just haven't paid attention to it, you know. So um, it's a legal situation. So let's because the legal side of the earthlies, God knows how to bless the body of Christ. The, the legality has already been established. Did you know that? The legality of the lease, so that God can bless us has already been established, and he writes it to us in his word. Okay? So let's go to John 14, 17. This is a legality here, okay? Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Isn't that amazing? We can receive from him and we can receive him, but the world can't. Why? Because of the lease. The world can't receive him. We can. Why? Because we're the, we're the body of Christ. There's nothing withheld from us because of the lease. We've accomplished the lease, the, least, uh, the uh, outline or the guidelines of the lease, we have already uh, excelled as the body of Christ. There's nothing withheld from us. Here it says the world can't receive the Spirit of God. Let's finish this. Even the, spirit, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not. It can't see him. Okay? When you walk down the street, the only people that can see the Holy Ghost in you are people that are filled with the Holy Ghost. Right. Yeah. The world can't see it. They may make fun of you and call you strange, but they don't understand Why? supposedly spirit filled people are supposed to have this revelation and understand okay neither knoweth him they don 't know him but you know him see our confession is we know the Holy Ghost Amen. not walking around in a fog we know the Holy Ghost now once we start ex once we start exclaiming once we start proclaiming, once we start declaring, according to Philemon 6, what happens? We're exercising our faith in the fact that we say we know the Holy Ghost. That just opens us up to know the Holy Ghost. If we say we don't know the Holy Ghost, what does that do? That interferes and stops us from knowing the holy. Not that God doesn't want us to know. He wants us to know. But he's given us instructions on how to get these doors open. And Philemon 6 is a major door opener for the body of Christ. To declare all the good things that are in us in Christ Jesus. That's our responsibility to find out all the good things that are in us in Christ Jesus and start to make a declaration of those things and watch those things that we declare come to pass in our lives and accomplish the plan that God has. You with me? Amen. He said, But you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. John 15, 26, but when the comforter has come, when the comforter has come, whom I will send unto you from the Father. Now, this has given us information here, okay, where the Holy Ghost is coming from. He doesn't just fall out of a tree someplace. Jesus just gave us instructions and information. He said, when the comforter has come, whom I will send to, unto you from the Father. So, both of them are involved, aren't they? The Father's involved, and Jesus is involved, and the Holy Ghost is involved. So all three of the of the Trinity's involved right here. You see it? Yes. Jesus is sending him. He's coming from the Father, and it's the Holy Ghost that he's sending. He said, I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, and he shall testify of me, John 16, 13, how be it. When he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. Uh, Isn't that something that we ought to be interested in? Huh? Well, how do you do this? How do you get this? There's a door here. How do you get this door open? How do you get this door open so the spirit that has come, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth? We just wander around and hope that he does it? No, remember Philemon 6 is the door opener. Okay, so we start making a declaration that the Holy Spirit guides me into all truth. That qualifies us from that point. Okay, now we don't apply our minds to this. We apply our spirits to it. Because your mind will want you to prove this. Your mind will say, okay, if he's going to guide you into all truth, where is it? You just tell your mind to go take a hike and shut up. It's a spirit that's involved here. You believe out of your spirit, not out of your mind. You can convince your mind to obey you. This is a renewing of it. It takes a while. You have to unlearn a lot of things. You have to get right with the. Your mind's got to get right with the Word of God. So to, uh, to get your mind right, you got to start studying the Word to get your mind right. It just doesn't automatically just get right because you carry a Bible around. It gets right when you force it. When you force your mind to shut up. You're going to believe God, you're going to believe God. It's not through your mind that you believe God, it's through your spirit. Your mind will stand up and want you to prove everything. That's natural. We don't believe it unless we can prove it. (laughs) You, You can't prove God exists. So you don't want to get caught up in that country. You don't want to get caught up in this. You already know who you are by this time in your life. You should already know who God is. You should already know who Jesus is. I had a conversation with a lady yesterday about who Jesus is. She said, do you do you believe that Jesus came to earth as a full-grown man? I said, no. The scripture says that he came as a child. As a matter of fact, the scripture says that the Holy Ghost uh, implanted the seed in, in uh, Mary's womb. It's a spirit thing, not natural. Amen. And she didn't want to hear anything else. Okay. For he shall not speak of himself. The Holy Spirit will not speak of himself. This is a qualified thing. But whatsoever he shall hear, that he shall speak. And he will show you things to come. There's another door that needs to be opened. Right there. Coming out of Philemon 6. Okay. Ephesians 1.13. In whom we also trusted, or in whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation... And whom also, after that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. This is the event that took place at the redemption. When you were redeemed, this took place. And you were redeemed because you believed something. And you were redeemed and you were sealed. That was for you. Now remember he said something about Tuesday and last Sunday too, about the two events between the redemption and... The redemption is for you personally. And the baptism of the Holy Ghost is for you to minister to others. Let's get this straight. So we don't try to impose upon the baptism of the Holy Ghost for ourselves. Because it isn't for us. Okay? It it puts, puts us in a position. It's a positioner. The redemption is a positioner, positions us into the body of Christ. Now that we're in the body of Christ, we need, to be, we need to be positioned again so that the supernatural is ours. The supernatural is ours through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Do you understand this? We should be exercising more supernatural in the world than we are natural. Because we're spirit-filled people. That's, that's why we're spirit-filled people. That gives us that, that ability that non-spirit-filled people do not have. This is the reason why people should be filled with the Holy Ghost. Second Thessalonians 2.13 but we are bound to give thanks always to God for you. This is the Apostle Paul speaking to these to, to these people. Brethren, uh, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning sh- beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and the belief of the truth. Now you understand there there is a opportunity here for you to gain some revelation. God is choosing you because you agree with Him. See, he had to agree with God to get redeemed. See, there's a teaching going on, and has been going on for years, about God ch- choosing people to be redeemed and not choosing others. That's not true. That's why I want to clarify this so you understand what Paul is saying. He's not saying that they were chosen by God and others were disqualified. The disqualifying is the person does the disqualifying, not God. You choose to ignore the gospel, that's not God's fault. Now that becomes your fault. God's not sending you to hell for that. You're sending yourself. Because he's offered it to you. Jesus has been on the cross. He's been, this is another part of the Testimony I gave yesterday, Jesus was on the cross. I talked to a lady about the timeline. I said you need to draw your line, put Jesus in the middle, put the cross there, and start from there. Jesus Christ has already gone to the cross. He's already been he's already been crucified. And see, there's a scripture that says that should be a clue for us. It said, "Had the spirits had they known." they wouldn't have crucified Jesus. Isn't that what it says? So you know what that tells you? If you pay attention. It tells you who's behind the crucifixion. It said if they had known, they wouldn't have done it. Doesn't it? Well, doesn't that tell you who did it? See, people are walking around in the fog trying, trying to argue in the point where the Jews did it or the Gentiles did it. It makes it, Jesus, the Word of God, just told you who did it. The people who had, the, the spirits had known they wouldn't have done it. So the spirits were behind it. Huh? Now, I'm of this opinion this morning, and I will show you. I'll tell you, this is scriptural, okay? The other night, it, what I said was theory wasn't scriptural, but it worked. Okay, here's the thing. I'm giving you some scriptural theory, all right? Um, the majority of the things that people have difficulty with naturally in their body in the world are spiritually induced. And I'm, that's my testimony this morning. I'm going to give you a testimony in just a moment and, and show you how... Uh, that it was spiritual-induced. Here's why. When it's spiritual, when it's spiritual, healing comes through the spirit. Okay, now listen. If you got a headache because you hit yourself, you didn't duck, and you banged your head against something, that doesn't have to be spiritual. That's an induced physical situation, and and you can you can believe God for a quick recovery from it. But if you have a headache, that's a continual occurring situation. It can be spiritually induced, and you can take aspirin until the company folds. Now see, we're we're dealing with two things here: spiritual and natural and we've taught from me from you know from experience it's better to go spiritual first this episode i'm fixing to talk to you about i didn't but anyway let's finish this up and then we'll get there okay uh So it is by the Spirit that God wants to bless us, which will affect the world around us. The blessings that God pours upon the body of Christ will affect the world around you. It will affect you. It will affect your family. It will affect the world around you. As a matter of fact, the Holy Ghost told mom uh, some years ago that... Because of the blessing that he was blessing her with, everybody she came in contact with would be blessed. Amen. God is a blessing God; He's not withholding, but He has, but He has a protocol, a procedure, if you will, for it to happen. It just doesn't happen the way we want it to. It happens the way God has prescribed it to us. People, are more, people are more, have greater tendency to obey doctors' prescriptions than they do the Word of God's prescriptions. I mean, if he says, you know, take three tablets, one in the morning, one at noon, and one at night, they'd, they'd break a leg. Not, not to miss that, they're going to take their three pills. That's all natural. No spiritual to it. And the majority of the things that are bothering people are spiritual. You think uh, addictions are natural? I believe dope addiction, ad, ad, the ad, the addiction of dopes, all kind of all kind of uh, of um, what is it? opioids? All these. Uh, that's all spiritual alcoholism spiritual you can go through 15 steps all you want to nine steps 12 steps you can jump off the building that ain't gonna cure you it's spiritual here's what happens here's what here's what's the sad part about it when you go through the 12-step program what do they tell you at the very first one you have to make a declaration I'm an alcoholic And then all through it, you're an alcoholic. And when you finish your final step, you're an alcoholic. Really? So, what you're doing is pronouncing on yourself the very thing you're trying to get rid of. And so, you got strong willpower, and you will yourself not to get involved. That's will, that ain't spiritual. And guess what happens with Will? He gets tired after a while. And they fall off the wagon. Something happens. A traumatic event happens. And they're back to drinking again. Why? That spirit's still there. Are you listening to me? Here we go. God is a blessing God. He blesses us through the Holy Spirit. Now I'm going to share with you, because of what, he's, what the Spirit of God brought up in my spirit here some time ago, I want to share with you how God uh, blessed my life by His Spirit. Back in 1974, I had an operation, and from that time, I didn't know any better, Just, I'd been born again and, and filled with the Holy Ghost about two years. And I had no spiritual aptitude whatsoever. I didn't know anything about the Bible. I didn't know anything. Okay. So uh, I had this operation. And from that time in 74, I lived with an upset stomach. So let's get graphic. So you understand. I had diarrhea 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year for 24 years. And it was a spirit. And I didn't know it. I never sought any help from anybody. I just learned to manage it. The best I could. It was difficult. Because you understand, it's very simple. You know, food in, food out. So the only way to stop the out is don't put anything in. So you just try to manage your... Try to manage your daily routine and your daily life by your input. But you can't, you can't continue to do that because it's the food that you eat that gives you energy to live. So just solve my problem, I could have just stopped eating. But that wouldn't That I would I'd have died. <laughs> so I didn't want to die. So I had to learn under the circumstances, how to manage my life. And now listen, I, I wasn't staying home with the door closed. I was around the world. I was working. I, I did all kinds of things. I, I drove trucks coast to coast. I, did, I went everywhere. Then after I uh, went into the ministry, I went to Ramah for a year, same thing. Exactly. After Ramah, then we started going to these meetings with Brother Hagin uh, two times out of the month, two weeks out of the month, going to some meeting someplace all across the country. I still had, I became the living joke. Anytime anybody was trying to go someplace, the last thing I had to do was go to the restroom. And then everything but the, Mom Hagen would say, where is Philip? And then, of course, somebody say, he's in the bathroom." Well, that's just the life. That's just the way it was. So this went on. 24 years. I felt like the woman with an issue of blood. But see, I didn't know about this. I didn't know about the healing part of it for 24 years. I never sought any kind of medical help. I, never, I, got, a, I got diagnosed by every nurse in Tulsa. Every time we'd have a meeting, somebody would bring up. This situation that I was having, and there'd be, you know, there'd be two or three nurses would come over after the, uh, the meeting was over or whatever and describe that I had ulcerated colon, acute col- col- colitis, just you name it, on and on. And I, they always diagnosed me with some kind of major disease. And uh, I didn't pay a lot of attention to them. You know, I was doing my best to, to control everything and not, and not stay in trouble all the time. So this went on for 24 years. I lived with this condition, not realizing that it was spiritual. Because at the time, I had no clue of spiritual things. So I became the, the living joke, you know. Where's Philip? Oh, he's in the bathroom. Every time we were to leave and go someplace, that's the last place I went. And now we had, we'd gone to school. We'd been, we'd been around Doc, Dad Hagen. We went to the, all of his meetings. We went around the world. I went to Israel. I went to everywhere. Never thought it was spiritual. Until... In 1998... Dad Hagen had a meeting that we were attending in Richmond, Virginia. And as his custom was at that time, he, uh, not in every service, but at this particular service in Richmond, Virginia, he says to, uh, after he he ministered, he said, uh, who wants to be blessed? That's just all he said. Who wants to be blessed? I'm seated where Kirk is, right here on the front row. And, uh, you know, some people didn't stand because they didn't want to be blessed. I wanted to be blessed. I stood up. This whole row stood up that I was on. And uh, so dad just laid hands on us. That's all. Just said, be blessed. He laid hands on us. Did I know anything happened to me? No. Also, at the same time, I had a, a a tooth that was causing me some serious problems into my sinus cavity. And I kept a headache all the time on my right side. Just, you know, not the throbbing pain, just that aggravating thing. And that was, I didn't say anything to anybody. I didn't ask for prayer for it. Uh, and so he laid hands on me. Uh... I yield to the Spirit, fell in the floor. When I got up, I noticed this was gone. Gone. I didn't say anything. You know, praise God. I'm glad. And so the next morning, we, uh, it was, this was the last service the next morning. We were leaving. And so we packed up the car and, and uh, my daughter had learned, my, my wife and daughter both, had were doing their very best to take care of me and help me, and so they're always questioning me: "Have you been to the bathroom yet?" And you know this. And listen, you know you didn't want to be naughty, but you don't. Nobody has to tell you, do they? You, know, after about four or five years old, you know when to go, right? But they were, they were. They were just showing that they were trying to help me all the time. And I understood that. And I appreciated it. But but inside I'm thinking, I know when i got to go. And so, um, and listen, I knew where bathrooms were all over the world. That's the first thing I would do when I'd get someplace. We'd go shopping or something if I went to Neiman's in Atlanta. First place I understood. I knew I spotted them. I went to and looked them out. And it seemed like when you didn't know all these butterflies were running around in here and you have rats and mice and squirrels and everything else sitting and go around in your stomach all the time. But as soon as you found out that there was a restroom handy, it just went, they left. They just went, and you just calmed down and you felt, you didn't have the sweats and you felt real good. It's the not knowing, okay? So this particular, we got ready to go, packed a car, got ready to go. And uh, started pulling out under of the awning there to Jefferson Hotel. And Jennifer said, Daddy, you been to the restroom? And I said, I'm okay. Okay, so we go down the road. Normally, I uh, have to go down the road about five miles, <laughs> then find one. So we start down the road. And Jennifer says, Daddy? Because she saw some filling stations, you know. She said, Daddy, you okay? There's, there's a filling station coming up here. I said, I'm fine, Jennifer. I'm okay. See, I don't know that I'm healed yet. But I realized after about the third time when she quizzed me that something's different. By this time, we'd already had some action Something is definitely different here. And so from that moment forward, no more. It was spiritual. Him laying his hands on me to be blessed, delivered me, set me free from this toothache and from diarrhea. I'm, it's over but it was spiritually just by laying on of hands. I, he laid hands on me before. I didn't have, I wasn't believing God for healing. This is what I want to show you. The anointing of God destroys the yoke. Amen. And so here's the thing. The anointing of God is present here at this church in this location. The anointing of God is present on Pastor Cheryl. See, here's the thing about this. The anointing comes upon you. The Spirit is in you, but the anointing comes upon you for ministry, not for yourself. This is what got the ministers in trouble back during the 48 to 50-something during the healing revival. They were able to minister by the anointing to other people. But they, you, that anointing isn't for me. You understand me? That, the anointing that comes upon you isn't for you. It's for someone else. You can't anoint yourself. It's God. But he anoints you to help. It's for others. And so they didn't know how to function outside of the anointing. And so they couldn't, they had, they could, they all died. Most of them all died because they could not receive healing because they did not know anything about faith. And that's what their confession was. When the, when the time came and they were involved with sickness, deathly sickness, people would start talking to them. And they said, we can heal others, but we can't heal ourselves. And what they had to have, they had to have faith to be healed. Well, one of the, one of the, major, one of the major teachers in America, Cheryl and I had the privilege of meeting one time. In Winston Salem, I'd never heard of the man before, and we went to Brother Hagen's meeting there at J.C. Hash's church. And uh, this this man was in the elevator with us as we were transversing at the hotel, I think. And so Brother Hagen knew him, and he introduced us to him. And when the man got off the elevator, he made some statement in the elevator. Uh, He was having some physical difficulties in his physical body and he said to us at that time that he has no faith for healing for himself and he went on and after he left tonight we asked Brother Hagen, who is this person and he told us and uh, he said he he has the greatest anointing for finances of any man I know and I said well it would probably do me some good to get his books wouldn't it he said I think so so I went to the book table bought every book the man had but saying this to say this that he had no faith he had faith for finances for everybody in america or the world but he had no faith for healing in his own self in his own body so you can have faith for all kinds of things and not have faith for healing are you listening to me and so when when this episode came up in my spirit, I realized I hadn't, this hadn't been in my conscious for years. And I know when these things come up, they're to be brought forth because it's an opportunity for the body here at Grace Christian Center to enter into. Another realm of teaching, another realm of understanding. I was healed. I wasn't seeking healing, just a blessing. I did not realize that I was healed at the time. Only the next day as we prepared to exit and go home, the the realization that I was healed. So the whole idea here this morning, and I told my wife, I said, "I, I believe here's what God wants us to do. I believe that it's time for, and we've done this before a couple of times, but, but it's, it's repeatable. Because I told her something was said, and I said, well, Brother Hagan did this meeting after meeting. Now, it was a different people, but it's still meeting after meeting. So this morning, uh, we're, we are making available to those who want to be blessed the opportunity. You, 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 you come and set
1: this up. The one thing that I love about my husband is he has a heart and a passion to help. And he doesn't think about embarrassment. He's humble. And whatever it takes to help you. And I can say that for myself and for Jennifer as well. We've put our life on the line for you and for any believer that has ears to hear. Don't you appreciate a pastor that will be so transparent with you? will not you let him know that? <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Lord.